So basically the idea of this is that I am um, trying to find the meaning of life by asking people what's meaningful to them. And you're <laughs> laughing in, in my face. <laughs> Thanks to the power of the internet, I'm watching you laugh in my face. Hello, and thank you for listening to the first episode of The Meaning of Life with Ryan Beck. I am Ryan Beck, and this is The Meaning of Life. Um, that is Joanna Hausman laughing in my face. She is a wonderful friend of mine and a fantastic comedian and among other things, but we'll get into all of that later. I want to explain what this is. This is a podcast about me, comedian Ryan Beck, trying to figure out what the meaning of life is. I've had a lot of time to think about it over the last year. And so far, I, I got nothing. So I decided to start a podcast and just talk to my friends and talk to people that are interesting and see what they think about it. Because I don't know, but I'm open to hear pretty much anything about anything. And just I kind of want to know what it is that helps people operate in the world. Because there's so much to do and so many things you can do with your life. And sometimes that's a very crippling thought. And then other times you feel very small and other times you feel like the world revolves around you. So I want to talk to other people because I'm curious, because I'm curious about what they say to themselves about what is important. So maybe that'll help you and help me figure out what is important in our lives. And we can discover that together. So without further ado, let's get back to seeing why Joanna Hausman is laughing in my face. I'm Ryan Beck, and this is The Meaning of Life. I just think that's like I just was on the subway today like on the way to the office and I was looking at a guy like pull down his mask and and try to drink some coffee and it like spills all over him and I'm like staring at this guy and I we lock eyes and we like and he like looks at me like oh this crazy and I was like yeah and I like almost started to cry <laughs> because I've got emotional that like the, this human connection and I'm like is this the meaning of life is this moment the meaning and now you you say that to me after that pathetic moment uh, on my way to the office and I just find it to be so appropriate also I love that you think that I can help you in this journey. That makes me feel great and also fearful for you. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're going to figure it out eventually. So why not me? You know, I mean, out of everyone in the world, I think I think you are the man for the job. Well, that's really sweet. That's I really love your sweet. Twitter jokes. You 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 hold the answer. You to and five to six other people. <laughs> um. Well, OK, so let's kick this off. This is my first question. Will you okay. tell me your name and who you are? I'm Joanna Hausman, and I'm a, a Venezuelan-American comedian. And that's what Wikipedia says. Uh, but the way that I would describe myself is I'm a neurotic person with an identity crisis. I think that's who I am at my core. What's the identity crisis? I think at all times I have... A crisis is about like what I am and who I am like uh yeah I'm Venezuelan but like I don't look it and I don't sound it when I speak English and then when I speak English like I don't know who John Candy is so like am I American you know I have these like gaps of knowledge I have a Jewish last name I feel Jewish I don't believe in God so it's like consistently being something but not at a hundred percent capacity I mean yeah you Maybe know? this is this underlying connection that you and I have. Because I remember when we met, it was like, uh, I just love this person right away. And I hope oh my God, you... we clicked. We clicked, we clicked right? See, so I'm half Lebanese. My mom was born in Lebanon and I don't look it. I don't sound, like, sound a certain way or look what someone would conceptualize as a Middle Eastern person. Totally. And I want people to know that I'm Middle Eastern. But then when you just tell people your heritage, like if you tell people that you're Venezuelan, um it they're probably like why are you saying this to me or maybe there's some kind of like strange like i don't know it's just weird <laughs> well it well i gotta say i did not know you're half lebanese because you look like uh the poster child for like a north face jacket uh, uh but uh i <laughs> um yeah it's i guess it's 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 uh, you know i think human beings we we seek identity we're literally wired for it and um, in this world, 
where we're so mixed, where we're so uh, also exposed to so many different cultures and stuff like identity has become so muddled and confusing. And I think that's also one of the reasons why so many other people are having identity crises um, and why like I not to get dark, but, you know, a lot of the people that like are flying to Syria to fight with extremists are people that just didn't know where they belonged and then they felt like they belonged to something. Um, and they, and then these like people that were seemingly normal went and did something insane in the search for identity. Yeah. And we're seeing the same things with like, um, conspiracy theories and things like that in, in the United States and all over the world, really, where these like really bizarre things, they offers people identity. So is that part of it? Is that like part of like when people try to find meaning in their life, you think it's like they need an identity amongst everybody wants to be an individual, but then it's like, that's horribly uh, isolating. (laughs) It'd be great to be like amongst a group. Yeah. But don't you think that a lot of when people ask for the meaning of life, they look outwardly, right? It's like, what is the meaning of life? Why are we all here? Yeah. Uh, But I don't think that's where you're going to find your answer. I think you got to look inside. Hmm. That's deep. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. I like that. It I feels don't know, good. Man. <laughs> Do you think good. that there is like a grand, you don't believe in God. You, you are culturally Jewish. Is that what you're saying? I'm culturally Jewish. Like I'm Jewish in the way that like I have frizzy hair and anxiety. That's yeah. It. Yeah. I, this is the, That's how I'm Jewish. Catholic where I am immensely <laughs> just feel guilt all, all day. <laughs> Uh, me and Catholics get along so well. Jews and Catholics, surprisingly. Yeah, the shame and the guilt really it, it draws people similar. together. It's so sweet. Maybe that's why we immediately clicked is us feeling like consistently like we're not enough, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely part of it. That's definitely part of it. Um, <laughs> but do you feel like there is like, did you ever practice religion or was it never part of your upbringing? You know, what a great question. Um, so my mom uh, isn't Jewish. Uh, my dad uh, is Jewish culturally. Um, and neither of them were religious, but they told me that I had to pick a religion in order to be able to criticize it, <laughs> which in retrospect is so smart. Um, they were like, it, do- it won't give you a guiding light for anything, but you need to like belong to something to be able to criticize it and like work to make it better. Um, so in my house, I remember I, I was six and um, I, one of my pets died. I think it was a hamster. And um, I told my dad uh, and and I was like, yeah, well, no, he's in heaven. And my dad, my dad doesn't like mince words. He's very direct. And I think he's brilliant, just not emotionally the most astute person. And he, I was like, dad, do you believe in life after death? And he goes, No. I think we just all die. And I was like a child and that scarred me. And And for the rest of my life, it's been like a constant search for spirituality. Um, but then just not coming, not coming naturally to me. Right. Cause you have this voice in your head. That's like, we're all just going to become soil. Um, what is the, what, why are we even here then? Um, but, uh, interestingly, I think in our generation, like most of my friends aren't religious. Like for my grandparents, it was like religion was an identity and like church and like synagogue and this, that, and the other, like that's their community. And I am of the theory, truthfully, that like different types of, uh, uh, of exercise, like soul cycle and like, what is that crazy one where people are lifting up like huge tires and stuff? CrossFit is like a form of like our religion now. Like that's a religion for people. Like they become part of these communities and believe it so deeply that, but then the, for me, the peak example of millennial, millennials seeking spirituality specifically in lieu of religion is astrology. I think people want to identify as a Taurus. They want to identify as a Leo. They want, they want a guide to understand themselves and how they are part of the world and they need the stars to tell them. But like, I, I just find it absurd, but I respect the search for it. 
it's yeah. a type of religion. You do searching like that in your life. Like, I mean, you have like this healthy skepticism that was kind of, uh, you know, just put on you as a child, like you're describing. <laughs> um, through trauma. <laughs> yeah, through trauma, which, you know, that's kind of an identity that a lot of people can get on board with. But do you struggle with these big questions and, and finding your community and your purpose and all this all this kind of stuff? Yeah, I struggle with it a lot. And, you know, me and you have talked about in the past, also belonging to a career, you know, in the entertainment industry, uh, comedy, you know, it is, that is linked to who we are. You know, we are comedians. That is not what I do. It's what I am. Mm. Um, So that is both things that is relieving to me that I have something that I identify as that I can present to the world and feel comfortable and confident about. But simultaneously, that identity is linked to the approval of others. And that is exhausting. So I don't know. I don't think that like my accountant, after he fucks up one of my W-2s, is like, wow, wow, James, you're a trash human. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, I just fucked up a W-2. This happens. Like, I'll just move on with my life and go to my beautiful wife and kid at home and hang out. Meanwhile, for like, I think a lot of artists, it's like, this is who I am. And then you, you work really hard on a packet for a show and then you get rejected and it's like, oh, this is a, this is that I'm not good. Mm -hmm. What I am is not good enough. So while it's comforting for people like us to find identity and meaning in what we do it's also a double-edged sword nope a double-edged sword because our self-worth is sort of predicated on on the external so i've tried and and really been seeking to find self-worth in other things which is really challenging what have you done to do that um i started doing a thing where I started hanging out with people I knew liked me not because of what I do or so just hanging out with people that if I tomorrow was like you know what I want to become a general practitioner I don't even know what the fuck that is uh I want to become a archaeologist or whatever they won't be like oh well now we won't have that much in common like I don't know. I think seeking back relationships that are purely based on me as a human being um, has been helpful. So so it's um, those kinds of relationships that kind of make you feel more whole in a way or like maybe appreciated for like multifacets of your personality and not just a transactional kind of relationship. Yeah. And truthfully, like one of the places I've found it more fulfilling are like my nephews and nieces. Cause I, I, I really love being an aunt. I it's, and I think before I'd be like, I'm a comedian, I'm a this, I'm a that. And then I never say like, I'm an aunt, like, but that is a part of who I am. And, and the, the, who I am around them doesn't depend on anything in this world other than myself and them and our relationship. Um, and, and their kids. So it, you know, it's, it's like it comes with a completely different meaning to me than, than relationships with adults. So it's weird how like I tr- truly feel a lot like who I am at my core when I'm with these kids. How do you feel when you feel like you're at your core? I feel like um, it's so weird. What a great question. I feel like a good person yeah and i and like as an adult in this world sometimes you like doubt if you're good and if you're doing enough and if it's like am i doing enough for social justice am i doing this and like oh my god i don't recycle like i just threw that away you know it's constantly like am i good and then it's you're with these kids who you you can impact and affect and i i don't know i I feel like a good person around them and loved and like that that you know i um over this past vacation i spent time with two of my with my niece and nephew my my nieces almost four um and we're not blood related 
this my pol- it's like we in Venezuela we call it politico, but I'm they're her political aunt. I, a lot of people don't like their political aunt or uncle. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Truthfully, they're kind of like. I mean, they could leave at any moment. Like, <laughs> I was like, this ain't blood. But um, I meant in America, if your aunt and uncle is too political, it ruins dinners usually. Oh my, right. I totally flew over my head, and I freaking you. The moment you said it, I was like, uh, no, no, no. And then I went. My brain went to like. Uh, an uncle saying the word Ted Cruz at the table. Um, but yes. Uh, and, and I don't know in that, in that time we spent together, I remember I like uh, avoided work for the first time. in since like the pandemic hit, which, you know, I've, I've been fulfilled with my creativity. That's how I found self-worth. And then I found myself not wanting to even tweet, like not wanting, I like, I did not want the external world. I did not want uh, to, to check my email. I just wanted to wake up and play <laughs> and like go to go hang out and like pretend that we uh, own an ice cream shop. And I don't know. It was like a, a, a world of purity. Is there something to the idea that like the things that you are seeking through your career and that you seek when you go online or post something or present a piece of art that you made is is the end game of that like the thing you want out of those things all those good feelings and whatever is it the same kind of thing that you're getting out of a relationship with a younger person or in your family or is it different hmm it's so weird that's a great question and i think this is the answer when i get good news from work or when a tweet goes viral it feels like a drug it feels like i'm on drugs like, I haven't done many drugs, but I'm assuming that it feels like a drug. Like, it, it it's a rush, It's and then it's kind of over. Um, but it feels incredible. Um, I think that what I feel in relationships is more like of a warm feeling of consist- like consistency. And so there is a difference. Yes. I think it's, I think it's like... Um, I've talked about it in therapy, but I think that, um, you know, us seeking success as part of the meaning of life, right, has so many highs and so many lows that are so extreme that you need the lull of consistency and um, the constants of, of the other stuff in life to make the ups and downs manageable. Yeah. You know, how do you stay like consistent with your feelings if you do? Like, how do you how do you stay in the moment, for lack of a better phrase? Because that's the thing that people keep telling me that is important is to live in the moment. And it's like the moments are very hard sometimes or they're not even that interesting. And I'll zone out. Yeah, absolutely. Or the anxiety of worrying about something is so compelling that it'll rip you right out of the moment. So how do you hang in? to being present and doing all the things that that seemingly are important because when you talk to older people they say i wish i had done this or this or or appreciated my life more you know you don't want to be a cautionary tale so you can derive meaning from those and try to incorporate that to your life but what do you do to to make sure that doesn't happen to you i think i'm really bad at it i think uh knowing that i'm bad at it though is helpful because I think the self-awareness is, is at, at least you know you're doing it so you can try and stop yourself. I know a lot of people that are just not aware that they're doing it. Um, so I, when I'm in that moment, like right now, I have a job that I've been actively searching for for multiple years. I've been rejected from things like non-stop for years and I finally have this I finally am here and now I'm like all right so next thing what how do I how do I move on how do I take and I just can't take a breath and en- enjoy the moment I feel pressured all the time that I'm like just not doing enough or that so why do you feel that you're not doing enough is that something that you've always felt in your life or is mm-hmm. it a mat or is it like something that you like when is it a grander thing where you think on my deathbed i want to have done all of these different things and is that the thing that motivates you and kind of mm. makes you fearful that you're not doing enough 
I think, I think it is, I think it's the search for self-worth and, uh, not only proving to myself, but like proving to the world of what I'm, what I can do. And what you feel that is, is you want to do a lot. I want to do a lot. I want to do a lot. I want to work with people and I want to make stories, but there is something there of ego, you know, it, a lot of it, a lot of what I do. And I think what a lot of people do is driven by ego and how we perceive ourselves and how we want to be perceived. Um, and I know that that's not the way I should be looking at life. And I, and I know I'm aware that, and when I catch myself like, oh my God, I haven't posted about this job or like, oh, uh, no one knows that I wrote this joke in this script and it's like so good, whatever. And then I'm like, why does it, at the core, you just want to tell stories. That should be what it's about. So just trying to remind myself of the core of what I want to do and not the, and not the externalities of it. Um, yeah, that's really tough because you do want to make people aware of your work. So unfortunately, with the way that things are, or at least they feel as a young person in entertainment, is that you want to get credit. So people then give you another opportunity to make something. And you're like, oh, if I don't tell people that I did a good job at this, then no one will know. And yeah. I won't get another opportunity. I feel that sometimes. It's like, I, I want them to know I did a good job, you know? So I think it's a realistic thing to acknowledge your ego because in some ways it's uh, the thing that is kind of helping you maybe get a new job or a, con a continued opportunity to chase after what you want. Um, and I, I mean, it sucks because it would be great if everything was like merit-based, but if no one knows that you're good at something, it's kind of hard to f be found. Um, so yeah. that's the rub a little bit, at least in the entertainment industry I think it is but I will say one thing that I've learned and I think a lot of people tend to talk about people's success like especially after they pass away like about all the things that they did right and and everything they've accomplished or or and I think many times people don't talk about how good they were of, of a person and yeah. What I've learned is how much, even in like the cutthroat industry we're in, being kind not only makes your life easier, but it just makes you feel better about yourself. <laughs> like yeah. for me, like um, shifting my goals to not only being good at my job and, and, you know, it's just like I want to make people feel good working with me. And I want them to feel lighter after working or, or talking to me. Like That's I, such a nice way to phrase that, to feel lighter. Because, I mean, that is like a feeling of lightness, uh, you know, when you do have a good interaction with somebody. Yeah, is that you feel inspired it. and you feel lifted in a way. Um, and I really like that way that you phrase that. And, you know, I, I am not blown smoke right now. I I think that you were accomplishing those things because not everyone's going to be like, Joanna, I feel lighter because we interacted. <laughs> um, so it's kind of, you know, you want that return and you want to know. Um, but I think you're doing great. I know from my personal experience with, with us working together, it's great. Oh my God, you too. I mean, seriously, when you asked me to be part of this podcast, it was not even a moment of doubt because... Um, it's so interesting. We don't, I don't think I've seen you in person that many times. We worked together at Flama and then interacted a few times because of the comedy community. But, you know, I, we haven't like hung out extensively. We haven't, no, like, it was pretty brief, but like, pretty brief. Uh, you know, but we connected. We clicked over our mutual identity crisis. Identity cry. You're Catholic. I'm Jewish, you know. Um, <laughs> but also, that desire of, um, I think we've started this conversation talking about how looking inside is so important and stuff. Um, but sometimes there's, there's something to be said about knowing you made someone's day better is a, is a really wonderful thing to seek.
Yeah, it makes you feel like you're doing something beyond yourself that is uh, contributing in a good way. And I think a lot of people derive meaning in their own lives from doing that. Like there's a lot of people who do wonderful humanitarian work and, um, you know, that's a good thing that needs to be happening. But also, I, I think we'd be crazy not to say that those people are getting some good feelings out of doing that. Yeah, and there's nothing. There's no. There shouldn't be shame. I, this whole thing about like, oh yeah, he he just gave money because that makes you feel good. It's like, yeah, that's we're wired to feel good doing yeah, that's good part of it. because that's good. That oh, I'm sorry. Do you want me to feel like shit? Like, <laughs> um, but also like one thing I noticed for me is every it's it's something that I started doing a couple of years ago. But I every interaction I had with someone, whether that be buying like a coffee or leaving my building and and saying bye to a neighbor i i started when well, this is before the pandemic but i started making sure that all those interactions like if if it didn't make their day better at least it didn't make their day worse just like a, a just a positive just being trying kind, to and be like, actively I, trying to be kinder or more aware yes and it's it's made me feel better about my life that's wonderful. I, I feel better about the world and about my life and my impact that is not correlated to my tweet only getting, you know, this amount of likes. It's just yeah. like, yeah, Pablo, the guy that works in my building, I know everything about his kids. I know, like, I know, I know because I want to, every time I see him, I want to make him feel like I, I, I care you about him. want to make him, him feel valued in a way. Yes. Or seen. And that's also kind of what I'm learning right now is what you want out of life in some aspects, probably not all you want out of life, but it's what you want out of life is to feel seen and to feel valued and to be, you know, in, in your work and in your personal life and, and that. So what, let's talk like big picture because like, it is sometimes a big external question that sometimes is daunting. And maybe the reason people don't ask what is the meaning of life, because it's just like, I don't know, man. So, (laughs) so like, do you, have you ever thought like about the big thing? Like there's a guy spilling coffee on himself. Like you said, on the subway is, is there any point to any of this? You know, I fight, with this because I'm like if there is a destiny then I have no free will right so if I have a destiny if the world if we have a destiny if we're all moving towards something that is predetermined there's destiny then that means that nothing I do makes a difference because then we're all moving towards that anyway so I think there is a meaning but it's up to us to derive that meaning and i think we all have different meanings i think yeah. everyone has a different meaning so do you life. so so it's more so for you you think that and correct me if i'm wrong i'm just asking but you think that meaning is something that people derive in their own life and that's pretty much it and the rest is chaos like the fact that we are alive at all is like maybe some kind of grand mistake or do you feel that it was like a you know, there, there's a lot of different ways to think about what's going yeah. on. It's like a very scientific approach about the big bang yeah. and, and everything after, or like mm-hmm. a, uh, grand design Are are these things that mm-hmm. even matter to you to think about? They, they do. They just give me anxiety. So like, I, you know, I don't even like going to the, like the space museum cause it makes me feel so small <laughs> and it makes me feel like it's it's really funny. I I leave and it happened since I was a kid. Like every time I'd go to the space museum, my mom would like like think I was depressed because it would it would it would make me feel so tiny and like useless and that like what we know nothing and we are nothing. Yeah. Um, so I. And you I, don't like that. Some people love that feeling of being just like a speck of dust in the universe. But isn't it such a a juxtaposition of like we're this tiny planet in a tiny solar system comparatively in this immense space of nothingness and everything at the same time and but then i feel 
like my life has meaning when I lock eyes with the guy at the subway spilling his coffee and I feel a deep sense of meaning there. So yeah, it feels like to look at the big scope never helps me. It's the, it's looking through a microscope almost of my life where I see, see meaning. That's great. That's really fascinating because I, I know that, you know, is, I think a lot of people are going to hear that and they're going to be like, I do that. But then there's other people who are like, that's completely the opposite of how I find a, a feeling of connection with the universe. Yeah. And that's great. I, I think my dad, for example, finds meaning. He studied physics. He loves space. He's a, I think he finds meaning in seeing the, how the phenomenons of the world and of space and time and light and whatever. I don't see any of that. I, I find meaning in people. Yeah. And their, their experiences and how they relate to me. And even a movie makes me, moves me beyond, you know, which is maybe Anything. why you've been drawn to want to create stories in as the thing that you do while you're here because you're oh that's god. where you find meaning, you know. <gasps> oh my god. If, did this I just like say something best, to you? <laughs> this is like the best therapy session. Yeah, I feel like I understand my neuroses better and I also understand why I do what I do. I didn't know I was because breaking news like, here. I thought that that's that you had a handle on that. No, I've kind of been winging it this whole time. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I've been speaking from the heart, but I don't, I mean, I don't, it's just like word diarrhea coming out of my mouth. I'm just like, I, I haven't made these conclusions yet. Well, that's great. Can, can I ask you, can I ask you about what you told me before we started recording? Oh my God. Of course. This seems like I... a really weird day to have the meaning of life podcast oh for my you. God. Oh my God, it really is. Should I tell the story dramatically? How do you want me to, to I mean, this, this is your, you just tell me because I, I only got a glimpse of it and I'm already on the edge of my seat. So, you know, uh, it's been a really tough year for, for everyone. It's, you know, we're, we're grappling with our emotions and I uh, had to go back to the dermatologist after I got like a little test done last week. And there I am sitting in the waiting room and I'm like, it, it, this like the world can't get worse like it, it'll it be fine like we're it's fine well and then um doctor calls me calls me in and she's like yes yeah, so the biopsy turns out you have uh cancer and i was like i immediately like hyperventilated and freaked the fuck out i was like no oh my god and she's like i need you to calm down it's like you used the you used the word cancer and then she's like no 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 it's like it's not a melanoma we just got to get it removed and it'll be like, you'll be fine. We just got to like act quickly and get it out. Um, and you're going to have a huge scar. It's going to take a lot of tissue because blah, 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 blah. And then it, it, I, I, it, it's so weird, Ryan, because immediately after I, I called a friend. I mean, after I called my mom, I called my mom first. I called a friend and I immediately started laughing at it. Like, I just found it so funny that I thought I, I was like, I thought that things couldn't get worse and I actually believed it. And then she just, she said cancer, which is the worst thing she could have said. Yeah. But I, I found it. I don't know why I still find it funny. I'm like laughing about it. Is it the like juxtaposition of how you felt your problems were really big and how yeah. small it? Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't give a fuck that like my boot broke in the middle of a snowstorm. I was like freaking out about it on the way there. And I'm like, I, I could not give less of a shit of my boot anymore. And it it's also like, I think it, you know, before I, we've talked about identity and before I realized my identity, not just what I do, my identity is a, is the, that I'm a comedian. Like, I think that that experience, it, I felt so, um, it comforted, even though I was freaking out because I knew I will find humor in it. And I found it like a couple of minutes later, but in the face of like a very scary thing being said to me and about like, literally, I mean, I'm going to be fine, but like death, like that word feels like death. Yeah. I was so, 
uh, comforted in knowing I was going to make a joke about it at some point. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, um, it's a, it's a kind of a twisted relief because you have this way that to process love, to process trauma, to process, um, just things that are silly or express yourself with your humor and your art. And that's a very comforting thing to, to be able to do, especially when it's, I mean, this is just a few hours ago that you're faced with this like like, enormous, that's a big thing to hear. And then to talk to me, I don't really, I mean, (laughs) I don't know exactly what you're doing, but I appreciate your hand. <laughs> I think, you know, it's one of the reasons why I laughed so hard when you were like, uh, what is the meaning of life? I was like, well, great. Um, I thought about it. My <laughs> life, like literally my entire life flashed before my eyes a couple hours ago at Dr. Halem's office. Um, but uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it was, it was, I mean, I'm going to be fine, but um I think that made that moment on the subway that much more emotional to me with the guy sitting there like fumbling with his coffee and like spilling it. And it was like funny and like we locked eyes and we were like, we knowingly were like, this is, I'm a mess. Like he was like, he looked at me and it was like, I'm, I'm a mess, you know? Yeah. And then it, and it was almost like everyone's a mess. Everyone's like, what the fuck these masks? What are we pandemic? Like all that was like transmitted in what felt like us just a look. And it, it like I think that the reason it made me emotional was, you know, th- what we were talking about is like the meaning of life being people and connecting and stories and whatever. And like that brief moment, like that guy didn't know. I don't know anything about his life. He doesn't know anything about my life. He doesn't know that like I like literally am freaking out because I got like bad news. But in that moment, it just felt really human. Yeah, it, I just felt really human and connected. That's so that's so fascinating because it is like it is just a look. It's a passing thing that happens in New York all the time, but it also kind of speaks to just how dumb everything is while also how beautifully important like each moment is, but just how yeah. also again how stupid everything is to be happening all at once and <laughs> so silly like and it's like yeah i'm a mess in addition to pandemic i just spilled coffee on my mask and you're like yeah i just was told i have cancer so what are you gonna yeah. do <laughs> it's like, and it's like, it's like i mean that's best. like i don't know that's just a, a really it's really comforting to me because it is like a it makes it feel like it's really easy to connect with people and i think that we sometimes make it much harder on ourselves or we're too hard on ourselves alone um but it's like really it it seems like really easy to connect with a stranger when you when both people are being sincere like yeah things are hard yeah which i think is you know this past year has been tough on literally every human being um i mean other than i'm trying to think of one person no one i just can't imagine someone being like yeah this has been a fucking perfect year like i just um and that sincerity i think has has broken people to a point of 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 needing to communicate because like you can't pretend because people know you know people know that it's hard because everyone is feeling it and even like at work right now everything through zoom you know zoom i haven't met my writers in person ever i don't know what they i don't know how tall they are you know Um, I don't know what their hands really look like, Um, but it's, uh, I I think we immediately got into really intense talks about life, about death, about like trauma, about um, health, about all these things because we're all so raw and seeking connection, even if it's through Zoom, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, for all of the... um silly or annoying things about a video call it is somewhat nice it's the best technology has been to this point so yes yeah thank god who made it who made zoom uh, like Alfred zoom? i have no idea probably someone doing sure. something very evil <laughs> it's like the head of the nsa <laughs> like it runs yeah, on endangered yeah. species or something you yeah know? they have all the blue-footed boobies like powering this whole this whole thing. That's why it, the Zoom is blue. That's why the text is blue. Look yeah. at that. I'm going to I'm gonna join QAnon and, and incorporate it. I don't know how QAnon looks. I don't know what their website looks like. But maybe they have – it's like a blog. I don't know. Maybe I'll do a blog post about it. Hey, good, good luck, I guess. You'll find a community. 
Um, I think what you were saying about the way that people are ready to connect and talk about what's important to them is really true. I think that's true. People are really feels heightened and it feels a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's just that this is a collective trauma that we're all going through or people are just really have time to, you know, everyone is rattled. So things are different. And there's a couple ways you can either hide away from it, or you can kind of acknowledge that all of this is a little, is chaos at some point or fragile in the least, if you don't feel that it's chaos, that life is fragile. And so it makes you appreciative of it. So let me ask you this. And it's, do you think people that live without compassion for other people, are they doing it wrong? Are they living wrong? I think they are. I think they are. I because no wrong. one wants to call this out and say, oh, well, to each his own or whatever. But I feel like if you're being a jerk and re- people regularly tell you you're a jerk, that you had just, I wonder what it feels like for them. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, it's interesting because, um, you know, I, I don't know, growing up, people are like, sticks and stones may break my bones words were never hurt it's like you have to be strong like you can't cry in front of people you got to be this you got to be that you got to be you have to have grit you have to this it's like um so i think a lot of people are applauded for not giving a shit and stepping over people and um putting themselves first or their idea first or whatever and you know that's why we have an apple computer i mean steve jobs was notoriously an asshole um and you know Thanks for the contributions. Uh, but he was a dick. And so many people in history have been dicks. Like, terrible, terrible people. I want to try to find I, someone that's really mean and interview them about what they think the meaning of life is. I I think you need to find... I think they're probably significantly more successful than I am. So you you have a work cut out for you to, to find these very successful assholes. Because... Uh, but I... I am of the theory that they they don't get what the meaning of life is fully. I mean, maybe for them they're fulfilled and they feel good about it. See, so this then, is what I want to figure out because yeah. if meaning of life is individualized, right? Like, right. why is it for some people? Why do why do some people feel rather that it's about? Um, making a lot of money or um right. finding the best way to uh get to get in, instead of to give yo honestly i've i'm like trying to logic myself out of this because now I, i'm like i'm imposing my meaning of life i'm imposing my my meaning of life to them when they have a completely different meaning of life and maybe they think my meaning of life is stupid yeah, I just don't know. See, this is why this is the kind of thing that I struggle with and why I wanted to do this podcast because I'm like is I'm enough of a skeptic to where I don't know that I'm ever really going to know. I know what makes me feel good and obviously it makes me feel good to connect with people and have to have conversations like you said where you leave feeling lighter and you know that you can give that feeling to other people and to inspire people and give people a thing that they like. Mm-hmm. or a good feeling about themselves or that sense that yeah we're all just bumbling people who are spilling coffee on themselves isn't this crazy like those mm-hmm. kinds of things make me feel great mm-hmm. is that the meaning of everything to do that i don't know because some people seem to just uh be starting uh crazy fortune 500 companies that just destroy the planet and are they unfulfilled and just doing something evil or do they think that they're doing a good thing i don't know I don't know either, but I, and I don't know when you find out. People always say like, oh, on people's deathbed, that's when it, it all comes out. I, I like, don't think that's right. I thought, I don't it, see myself being any smarter uh, inch from death than I am right now. <laughs> I think I would just be on drugs, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, maybe the meaning of life is just to, to which I hate the term happiness because I don't even know what being happy means, but it's feeling meaning right like which is something i think happiness and meaningfulness are two completely different things i think some of the most meaningful things you do are some of the most difficult and sometimes the ones that make you the least happy you know meaningful to have an important conversation with your parent about something that you went through that's hurtful like that's meaningful um 
one of the most meaningful afternoons I've had in my life was when my former coworker took me to like a retirement home on a Sunday after he took me to church for the first time and he, we volunteered there and it was a it was emotionally horrifying and I was not happy but I I felt I felt it was meaningful so I think this like seeking happiness is wrong I think it's seeking meaning um and I, I don't know if those people who have our own Fortune 500, whatever, and have these crazy companies, I'm sh- hoping they're happy. But do they do they think they, they have meaning? I don't know. Yeah. And some people are able to separate work from their personal life. And I think that maybe for you and I as entertainers, that's an impossible task because what you, it's always felt to me, which has been slightly fortunate in some ways, um, that what I am is what I do. And that's, I don't know that everybody lives that way. So I have a lot of people to talk to in that regard. Let me ask you this about the retirement home community, because you said you weren't happy when you went there. Emotionally, it's really tough because these people are, you don't know them. They're older. A lot of them probably are sick. I spent a lot of time with my grandpa when he was in a retirement home. And it's a strange place because a lot of people feel cast aside or left out at that age. Um, in a, in a home like that, or, you know, sometimes you bring that to like, oh, I hope these people don't feel cast aside or left out because that's a really scary thing for a human being to experience. So what was it that was made you feel that it's important and what made you hold on to that memory? It made, it made me realize that in the moment I wanted to be doing something else. I was like, I was felt like I was being drained because so many of, you know, it, we were helping out in an event and a lot of the, this, this was, um, this was, this was like basically a retirement home for people that had been abandoned. Like it, it, it was clear these people didn't have, it was Sunday and no one came to visit them. And like, it made me so sad. Um, and almost like, um, like I, I, I didn't want to get to that point. Like I, I felt so much empathy for them and also like trying to steer away from sympathy, but like trying to feel empathy. I just felt so exhausted the whole time, just being struck by so much what I perceived as loneliness and sadness and sort of death and where these people were in their lives. Um, But I remember there was this one woman who spoke Spanish and the nurse that was there like didn't. And I helped her communicate something and then I asked her questions and we, we had like, it wasn't a significant conversation, but it was just, I talked to her and we connected and she told me about when she got here and she told me that she has a house that like they made, they moved her here because she's older and she had a stroke and then whatever. She told me her, she just told me stuff and we connected and I remember her and I remember thinking, I think her, her day is just a little better after that conversation. I think she's at a better place and that makes me feel good, but it was really hard. So it was that juxtaposition. We've said juxtaposition three times. It's like we're at the SATs, but whatever it of like feeling like tortured, but then good at the same time and it was a realization that this whole I this was like seven years ago but I was always seeking happiness and um and that the the seek of happiness sometimes is mis a misaligned with meaning because I would have been much happier having brunch with my friends drinking mimosas and maybe that is some type of meaning there's there's nothing wrong with that that's meaningful I feel good there but that was meaningful too that hard moment was very meaningful to me. So now that you're on the other side of that and you did do that, it probably makes you feel happy that you had that experience. And I think a lot of people view that a lot of things in their life that way. Like, I'm really happy I went through that. I never want to do that again. And it sucked the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that volunteering at a retirement home sucked the whole time, but just you get what I'm saying. I get it because like, I asked my parents and I asked my sister and my brother, like who are parents and how hard it is, like how much work and how hard it is, how tolling their, 
they feel I feel my she doesn't sleep like it's just like so much work and I was just like why do you do this like I love them I love these kids but like this is exhausting I was telling my mom like why did you have me isn't it and she was like yeah it was tough it was really hard but it was so meaningful and that brought me joy in return and you know I think uh that's a really complex way of saying that it's you it it can't be easy for it to be meaningful I think all the time I think it's got to be hard Uh, you think that struggle is necessary for meaning yes and and it's part of the meaning of life is to suffer in some way and come out the other side which is I think as comedians I, I, I think that's the case, but suffering doesn't have to be miserable because you can always laugh right after you get a diagnosis of cancer. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, yes, I'm, I think there is deep meaning in moments of difficulty and, and there's, there's meaning in moments of lightness. Like the moment that you talk to someone and you make their day lighter, that's a moment of lightness Um, so I think you need both. Yeah. You need meaning and lightness and you mean, you need meaning in, in heavy shit. I think you need both to have, to have it, to have perspective on each other. Yeah. That's great. Do you think, do you think that's, that's the meaning of life? I think it's certainly a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. I'm now I'm like fucked up. I don't know if I can go back to work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm like oh now i have to write a little i have to write a character and a villain and like no and now i'm like oh my god what is everything what is <laughs> <laughs> well i'm really happy that you probably left this conversation feeling a lot heavier so yes. uh, i apologize for that but yeah thank you so much you've made my day even more complex i'm kidding uh this has been weirdly but look at this it's like a, a, the unbearable lightness of being. It's one of my favorite books, Milan Kundera. The lightness and and weight. You need both, right? Uh, this conversation had weight. It had a lot of light, and that that's and the perfect. Are. That's the perfect mix, baby. <laughs> Thank you, Joanna. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, head to patreon.com slash Ryan Beck and follow me at at I am Ryan Beck on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out my other podcast, Falling in Love with My Wife, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks. The Meaning of Life is produced by Ryan Beck, edited by Ryan Beck, and the music is by Shakir Stanley. Thanks for listening.